The Process, a podcast about creativity and experimental music. In the world of experimental music, outcomes and accolades for creators can be uncertain and at times seem far and few between. Therefore, creators and practitioners of experimental music must embrace the one thing they will always have complete control over, the process. This podcast aims to understand this creative process by listening to new works and discussing them with their creators. Each episode focuses on one creator and their music. Understanding how and why they create can inform aspiring creatives and help audiences better understand and navigate experimental music. I'm Dr. Doug Bielmeyer, and I'll be your host as we explore the world of experimental music, creativity, and the human need to find purpose in their world and lives. This is The Process. The music of Anthony D'Onofrio reflects a deep interest in delicate and fragile treatments of time and gesture that are often interrupted or broken. Their work investigates the compositional intersection of music and experimental literature, specifically in the realm of nonlinearity and structural distortion. Anthony's music has been featured nationally and internationally by many wonderful, generous, and exceptionally talented people. Anthony teaches composition, theory, 20th Century Music History, and directs the New Music Ensemble at the University of Nebraska at Kearney. In addition, Anthony is also the director of the UNK New Music Series and Festival, which brings specialists in contemporary music to central Nebraska to present recitals, masterclasses, and lectures. Anthony holds a PhD in music composition from the University of Iowa. Past teachers include Frank Wiley, David Gomper, Paul Schoenfield, and John Easton. When spare time exists, Anthony enjoys book collecting, studying occultism, and cooking. place I like to start is to ask you how 
the process for composing begins? It's usually either sitting down with pencil and paper and just writing down ideas. It, it can happen anywhere. I, I have a dedicated workspace at home. Obviously, I have you know my office at work. And then other times the idea strikes and the idea appears. And those can come from anything. Those can usually it, it comes from a it comes from either a a novel that I'm reading or a film that I'm watching. And more often than not, it has to do with with time and some kind of distortion of of that element. Usually what I do is I, I, I write down the idea in words and then set that aside. And then when I can come back to a desk with some staff paper, or recently I've been not using staff paper, I've been really into these, uh, you know, just blank drawing books, and I'll just quickly throw down five lines for a staff if I need that, or and, and, and just kind of get that that going. I need to get something going visually on on a piece of paper so I can kind of um, see the the temporal layout of it, and then from there it begins. The next step is usually the piano to 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 see. It's kind of it's kind of odd. I I go to the piano in the very beginning. Once I get the idea kind of mm, sort of made, decide do I like these sounds or if it's more rhythmic based. Do I like these rhythms? Do I like do I like what where I'm going? And if it's if that's a if that's a yes or a sort of yes, then great. Uh, and and then I kind of just pile it all on into the onto paper before checking in again. I like to get a ton of ideas down, and then the filtering process begins. So that's really interesting. You have a concept, you have an idea, and you you said you write it down in. Uh, sort of a non-staff paper notebook. So sometimes it is the beginning of a composition. Is that a paragraph of text? Sometimes, yes. Sometimes it'll literally be the piece will do this, then the piece will do that. Yeah, right. Yeah. And then sometimes yeah. it's just uh, a comment about the end or the middle. Uh, rarely is it the beginning. Usually it's just uh, this is going to be something. Yeah. Something in the piece. Because then you're kind of maybe inspired by, wouldn't it be cool if a piece ended this way? Oh. Or, or wouldn't it be cool if halfway through a piece, this type of moment happened? Like that, that could be a yes. description, right? You're yes. saying. And then do you find yourself then when you're maybe in the process of writing another piece, ever going back to that and saying like, oh, this could be a great place to put that in it? Or, or is it, are, are they self-contained ideas? Are they modular, I guess is what I'm saying. Sometimes yes, sometimes no. What you just described is usually what happens when I'm writing like a, a single idea. So, so a, a, a quick example, not not this piece, mm-hmm. but a, a piece that I was a piece that I was writing for um, Amy O'Dell, who's a, a pianist in yeah. in, in uh, Atlanta. Player. Yeah, she's great. She commissioned this huge work. So I, I wrote and I wrote and I wrote and I got about twenty minutes down. And um, I was like, all right, great. And then next section, and I began this idea, and it just went, oh, the first five seconds of this idea, that's the beginning of the piece. So um, so when you hear the piece, yeah. you hear this, you know, this nice, little in, this nice little idea, 20 minutes of something that's not related to it, and then it comes back again. 
I love doing that kind sure. of stuff. So I, it does become modular in the compositional process. When the final piece is made, you may not hear it that way, but I'm not terribly concerned with telling you what to hear. When I listen to a piece like 13 that you've written for Chamber Ensemble, I have this concept of sort of smaller modular cells, these things, and you're you're doing quite a bit with playing with arrival times. Why don't you tell us a little bit about this piece, uh, 13? First of all, just tell us the instrumentation, who it was written for, or who, who we hear performing. In yeah, the it was commissioned by the Mid-American Center for Contemporary Music at Bowling Green, as, as well as the DMA conducting student, Alex Popovici. Uh, the piece was premiered at the 2019 Bowling Green New Music Festival. It is for flute, clarinet, uh, alto sax, and those three double. So they, they double on alto flute, bass, clarinet, and berry sax. Uh, horn, trumpet, two percussion, piano, uh, string quintet, so two violins, viola, cello, bass. The ensemble that premiered it is called the uh, Terra, T-E-R-A-H. But yeah, that's who that's who it was uh, written for. That's the instrumentation. A lot going on, and there's not a lot going on. So maybe talk a little bit about the impetus for creating this piece and maybe sort of what your goals were for the piece. I wanted to really emphasize what I what I love about music, and that is the sounds of very thin, very delicate, very fragile timbres and investigate a a question. What happens when I break the line? What happens after? Um, Does it, does it re, does it rebuild itself? Where do the pieces fall? What shape, what image do they create after they've been broken or damaged. I love the idea of a single line or a single melody. If you were to listen to the piece all the way through and listen to that piano line that begins Mm -hmm. the piece and then Mm -hmm. it comes back, there's a single melody that weaves its way through the entire piece, but it shows up in in little chunks. And I, I like to think of them as as pillars or touchstones or, you know, landmarks or something along the way of the piece. I I think this is a compliment, is that this piece takes a lot of patience. Patience for the players, patience for the audience, but then also you as the composer had to have quite a bit of patience to just not have a huge moment. Yes. 
That, that I love. I love that <laughs> word. I you, rarely do all. Th- I don't. I don't know if you have all thirteen players playing at the same time. That's the other thing. That's the temptation to just where's the tutti? You know, like where's the everyone just is banging well, on their of instrument, course right? You would yeah. have that. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. When I write polyphony, when I write rhythms, when I write those kinds of things, I am perfectly fine with two instruments starting together. I I, I think that's a good thing of like, okay, you three people and yeah. go. But once that happens, I don't like the sound of simultaneous attacks within the beat or within the measure. So that's why you'll find a lot of four sixteenth notes against a quintuplet or an eighth note triplet against a sixteenth um, note quintuplet well, they'll, where they will start together, but each voice has its own place within the beat. Um, I don't really gravitate towards music uh, that carves up the beat in two or three or four. I like the things that superimpose a bunch of other uh, divisions. And so when you take that idea, that's my, that's my usual approach to the individual beat or the individual measure, and you explode that out to the entire piece, yeah, I'm not going to have a lot of times where everybody's doing a unison rhythm or the big yeah. Schwantner, you know, here is the brass, here is the brass section. Yeah. I will say, though, there was one moment where it's a large brass moment, it's going to be this big moment. And then, like you said, they all come in together and then it sort of uh, dissipates from there. So how does patience play into this piece? I, I, I have to credit Tony Zlinick. He teaches tuba and composition at Capital University. Through a friend, through a friend, I get a, uh, a, a commission for a piece at Capital University. Um, and it's for, it's kind of like this, where it was for a larger ensemble. It was, it was like this in that I was doing these kinds of slow things, but I was doing it much more block-ish. And at the end of the, the piece, which it was only one of two pieces on the program, Tony looks over at me and he goes, it's so nice to hear that kind of patient music. And that was the first time someone had ever said that. And I, when I was younger, I was a very impatient person. <laughs> ever since that performance, ever since that one comment, yeah. it's funny how just, you know, yeah. back to the one, the one idea or the one line in a book, that one yeah. comment was, was just, oh, I c- that makes a lot of sense. And ever since then, I've been trying to, okay, how can I do it here? How can I do it there? How can I do it, yeah. you know, with this piece or yeah. with this teaching idea or with this whatever. And so when I, when I sit down to write something, I don't, I never sit down with the intention of, well, how are we going to test patients today? Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I never, I never, I, it's there. It's in the, it's kind of been, it's kind of mm-hmm. been absorbed in, in, into my ideas and my work. What, what I see the result of that interest mm-hmm. in patients mm-hmm. going with patients as a mm-hmm. very, very background idea um, can turn into those kinds of those kinds of forms and those kinds of structures. 
You know, I've always seen it as uh, a statement about virtuosity. There's the Paganini, the uh, list, the lots of notes, very fast, executed very quickly, a lot going on, bombastic big things. And there's also this virtuosity to having that restraint. My my training is uh, in, in percussion, specifically for Mallet Marimba, which is yeah. kind of the land of... You know, the, the marimba jock how many how many yeah, how yeah. many notes in this in this sequential sticking yeah. can i play where i know that it's much harder to like enter in with a triangle beater on a very delicate surface very quietly than you know lay down lay down velocities yeah. under nine minutes like yeah I'm, I'm not impressed by that and uh yeah you also asked about patience as a composer Many, there were many drafts of this piece and they all, they all were a filter of the version before it was, I had to try and take away that big moment. I love what you said about the idea, and I've never thought of talent in this way. I've always thought of talent as a known commodity or a set commodity. Upon the day you arrived on this planet, you had X amount of talent. And I love the way that you described it as something that you gain through curiosity. Yeah, Mozart may have had a lot of talent in that definition of yeah you know he he was however yes. old and he could do this yep. but he could do he could do that whatever this is is a very specific thing that we call musical talent but could he have had that same amount of what we're calling talent in a different part of the world in a different kind of music yeah. and the answer could easily be no mm-hmm. so uh that kind of you know bestowed idea on someone like um, oh, I'm born with this with this you know ability uh, I I understand it but I gravitate more towards the I I talent comes through work the thing that I look at it, it it can be frustrating for someone who is a creative someone who is creating and they're sort of looking at these icons these 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 talented talented people these these like godlike 
composers, creators. Um, and sometimes that can be really stifling. Mm -hmm. And um, so I think that's built into that question too. Like, do you believe in those icons? Do you believe in these people who were Messiah-like figures in creativity, you know? And is that a healthy thing for, especially, you know, an aspiring creator, an aspiring composer? I think it's good to, I think it's good to study the working habits of composers from the past. I think uh, I think it's bad to try and copy that, emulate, emulate it. them. Yeah, especially with Feldman or Mozart. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or it, it's 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 important to 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 just study it, take what you need from it, and then and then yeah. add that to your. Eleni Lilios talks about you know the composer's toolbox. Yeah. Add that, add that yeah. to your to your collection, because if you try to just copy it, then you get stuck with this. Well, it worked for X. Why isn't it working for Y? It's like, well, because you're. It's that's you. You you got to You got to do what's right for you. And a lot of times we fall into this. We fall into this either or binary black or white kind of idea um, about right. almost everything. Like even yeah. even the even the topic that we're talking about this this work versus talent we 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 associate the idea of the of the hard work as as the composer having to lock themselves in a room. I don't know why we're obsessed with locking, but um, you you can you because that's when the good right? writing the, happens in a the locked door room. Must, the yeah. door must be locked. Right, it must right? be locked. Like, yeah. you, you can you can be as hardworking as Beethoven. And you don't have to be a grump, you know, and, uh, and you can, you can be introverted or you can be extroverted without being like the, the stereotypical definition that, that we have to associate that with. So there's, there's, there's so much nuance to everything, um, that when we deal with icons, it's kind of, uh, mm -hmm. yeah, great. Take what you need from them, but don't, but then let them, let them be where they were because they were, as we know, they were humans yeah. and they were, they were terribly yeah. fallible and they were terribly flawed. Well, Anthony, thanks so much uh, for being on the show today. My, my pleasure. Um, it has been great. A, a lot of what you said actually resonated with me. So right. I, um, this was actually a really uh, helpful and informative show for me, uh, thinking about my own process. Before I let you go, where's a place that people can find out about more about you and about your music? My website, which is uh, my last name, so D-O-N-O-F-R-I-O-music.com. It's a pretty bare bones website. Uh, you, you'll get you'll get a bio. You'll get an artist statement. the The listen page has has the recordings, but I also have a SoundCloud page, soundcloudcom Anthony D'Onofrio. If you're interested in the in the UNKB music series, that's on my UNK page, which is uh, at unk.edu/music. Thanks to Anthony for his music and his thoughts on patience and patience music. If you enjoyed this episode, check out other episodes in the series. And as always, like, subscribe, and leave a comment on your preferred podcasting app. I'm Dr. Doug Bielmeyer, and this has been The Process. <laughs>